Es ist Tatbestand, dass dieses Abendland die Geschichte immer hat bestimmt. Es ist angesagt, da immer mehr gefragt, wer die Männer dieses Westens sind. Dass die guten Kräfte dieser Welt sich sammeln, jener, der daran noch glaubt, der irrt. Ich habe nachgedacht, die Nacht damit verbracht, jetzt hat's more and more, it's got weird. It's a holy land. That's tomorrow Slavic Radio Season 2, Episode 5. Rock on Neo Rockers. That's a good one. I'm trying one. to figure out if that's what Falco is saying in that song. Rock on Neo Rockers. Is that, I, I, don't, I don't know. I hope he is saying that. 
all of his stuff is just it's just got like some weird every song has like a cool um line or like a cool catch to it or something i love falco he's a weirdo that's from was uh, a weirdo. falco three is the name of the album on a yeah. uh, records might have to get more into falco in the future i think that might be something that i could get into yeah. It's uh, catalog number SP-5105. It's in stereo. Falco 3. That's uh, it's a big deal for me, man. <laughs> it's a big deal for you? Yeah. Falco is a big deal for you? Yeah. Falco's a big deal for me because <clears throat> when I was... Um, when I was a kid and I was all into punk rock and everything like that, every, everything else sucked, right? To me. Except for Falco? Except for Falco. <laughs> really? You yeah. liked him? Falco was the only thing where I was like, okay, it's not punk rock, but I like it, you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely saw the humor in it, and I didn't hate it. And I remember I was intrigued by how he looked. Yeah, right? Like, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, he doesn't look that weird. He just, you know, he's kind of... He just had alternative style, not, yeah, he not did. like he other did. folks. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, there's something about him. Yeah. What, wait, Rock Me Amadeus was the big. Uh, that was the thing. Did they actually? Was that in the movie? It was, right? Yeah, Rock Me Amadeus. Well, I think it was probably like the end credits or something. like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, but it was. Yeah, it was the thing. Yeah. Rock Me Amadeus. Eighty six, five, four. This I don't one know. was eighty five, and then. When the, was Amadeus though? When was that? I think this one has Amadeus on it. Oh yeah, that's a really famous cover that I remember seeing. Yeah, oh, one, yeah, that's the one with the weird Amade- sort of like... This one has Amadeus on it. Okay, okay. Vienna Calling's on it. Vienna Calling, and, uh, Amadeus, yeah. America. What else did he do? Macho, Macho. Oh, he did um, Der Commissar. Oh, no. Yeah. Wait, Dirk, that, that, was, was, that was Falco. That was Falco, Der Commissar. That's right, that was Falco. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That Way was, back, that was much earlier, right? That was like the most amazing video. When was that, though? Uh, I don't know. Maybe that was maybe. earlier than that. Wasn't it like eighty three? I believe like so because yeah. I think the Rock Me Amadeus came second. But that I remember was, that, that was him. Yeah. His video, the the Dirk Homersar video, where he's like dancing in front of a green screen with like weird traffic stuff going on in the back. I don't know why. I, don't, I remember there being a video. Stuff. I don't remember what it was in it. Though, no, so. I'm gonna post it uh, when when I post <laughs> yeah. this podcast. I'm gonna post you're gonna the post link. that. Yeah. Okay, okay. That's what. Um, oh. Did you see somebody? Uh, Spencer sent us the link. Thank you, Spencer. Sent us. Oh the yeah, link yeah, to yeah. To, 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 yeah. <laughs> I watched that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, God damn, man! <laughs> that hilarious. Michael McDonald coming off the coming out of the back room of the the soda shop or whatever. All like, hey guys, you know what that was? That, all yeah. beefy and stuff. Yeah, they were all badass. The Doobie <laughs> Brothers. Ooh. I mean, it was kind of. You were saying in, in the last one episode, it was kind of weird, like these. These black city kids listening to the Doobie Brothers was that maybe that wasn't that weird I don't know maybe it wasn't. Gro- grooving and rocking out like <laughs> maybe I don't know dancing and stuff well, rerun is yeah in like know, a urban uh, chicken or, yeah. an urban atmosphere in an urban atmosphere yes definitely um, what was uh oh man yeah I saw that and uh, oh god I don't remember oh the guy who played the when I was describing that in the last uh, episode I was saying that. It was some mobbed up guy, but it wasn't really. It was like Sweet Daddy. That's who that guy was. Do you, do you recognize Daddy. that guy? Uh, I don't. The I guy you the saw the thing. video. You watched the the clip that the guy put on there. right? I only watched the the part where rerun um, drops the the tape recorder. Oh, okay. okay yeah. Okay. The criminal guy who got them to you know what I mean, like the pimped out guy. I, I didn't watch that. He part. was never mind. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, that was pretty cool. Thank you, Spencer. That was I, I like nice. the Doobie yeah. Brothers. I, like I don't. I, I like at all. What the, well, because I had never seen them in concert, and then like, and then when you saw when I saw happening. them in concert, no, when I saw them in concert, like I don't know, maybe like five or six years ago at Shoreline, they were oh. they were opening up for somebody, and they were so good, man. I'm they're, sure they're a good tight band. I'm their harmonies were like spot oh, yeah, sure. on, yeah. And then, uh, and then you know, their whole set is like hits. Yeah, that's my problem with it is that I hate their songs. <laughs> You know, I'm not a big fan of their songs, but watching them do it live, I was like, "Really? I guess was, that could it was be very a, impressive." That could be. It was impressive, impressive to see them pulling that stuff off live, and uh, and they have mustaches and stuff. They still have mustaches. Yeah. <laughs> Michael McDonald's not there, right? No, no, he's That's not. That's good, actually. I can't stand that guy. No. Everyone tries to tries to like him now because they want to be all retro. Like McDonald's cool, man. Yacht rock, yeah. Yeah, he's yacht. Ooh, you know, it's like no, fuck that. He's not cool. He's yacht. It's terrible. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. A fan. No, but but uh. But um, what I can't stand is, although I'd rather see the version, the pre-McDonald version of them, if I had to be subjected to the Doobie Brothers. But that China Grove guy was that guy there, the guy. Oh who did that? man, I love China. I, Grove. Oh no, you don't. <laughs> God, I hate that song. I, I quit playing in a band once because they wouldn't play China Grove. Oh yeah, right. Well, I was looking for a reason to quit, and because um, they wouldn't play China Grove. Yeah, and then like you we, like that song? So, hell yeah, it's good. Why? It's horrible. It's horrible. And so Whoa. I, was, I was playing drums. I was playing drums in this band, and uh, oh man, we were we. It was like a lot of original original material plus some covers, and then it was it was all right. And then um, they said, "Hey, let's have a practice where we each bring in a cover that we want to do." <laughs> you brought in China Grove, and I brought in China Grove. Why? And I, and I showed the the bass player and the guitar player how to play it, and they looked at me like I was just crazy. Yeah, that's what I would have done. I'd li- I think these guys are probably. Right and there. so nobody wanted to play China Grove, and I said, "You know what? I'm out." Okay. Yeah, I, I don't. All right. you Is guys, it, you sure you didn't bring in China Grove because you wanted to quit? That, yeah, that, that was pretty much. Oh, okay, you know. okay. It was a strategy. <laughs> that is, that was a very it good. Were, that's a, a pretty simple strategy. That would work. And I was like, you know, you guys, I if you guys don't want it, that's my that's my breaking. Well, point. anytime you want to quit Slaufeg, just you know, you can just come <laughs> in and <laughs> I want you to play your mama <laughs> don't dance and. Uh, you're out of here. Yeah. That's when I was looking <laughs> when I was looking for records to bring tonight, I have this one uh, Did you bring the Doobie Brothers in here? No. No, I was gonna bring this one. Uh have you ever heard of uh Buckner and Garcia? Yeah, hell yeah. Wait, they did didn't they do Pac-Man Fever? I have the Pac-Man Fever. Yeah, album. yeah. Oh, oh my god, it's terrible. Pac-Man Fever? Oh my god, it's Yeah, so it's not bad. very good. <laughs> and every song on that record is Horrible. Buckner and Garcia, you got to bring it in, uh, dude. I, I was gonna bring, bring it, and I was like, "Why am I bringing it's in the worse worst than China <laughs> Grove?" <laughs> it's, really, it's way worse than China. Really? Grove. Really, that's hard to imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty. Okay, I'll bring it no, in next. That time. song and what is the other? Oh, all of them. Whoa! Listen to the music. When I was a kid, <laughs> heard that I was like, "Oh God, is that terrible?" And then it, God, I hate that song. I think the Doobie Brothers. God, man, because a few years ago, yeah, when all this yacht rock stuff was coming back, and all the kids who DJed and stuff were all like, "Yeah, man." The Doobies are great. Yeah. Michael McDonald's great. You know, Kenny Loggins is great. I was like, you're out of your fucking mind, man. Yeah, yeah. No, but that's what the, you know, kids who were like in their 20s and the two th- early 2000s, they were like, oh, this is all cool because it was punk rock to be the antithesis of punk rock because they got sick because they hated Green Day or something. Yeah, so right. it's cool to be into like, 
you know, Bob Seger or because, you know, they to worship the silver silver bullet band because you're sick of people talking about Sid Vicious or something. I don't know what <laughs> you know, it's just everything that's how that's how horrible and subverted and ridiculous everything is at this point or it, at that point. Because it's going back it's, it's it just keeps oscillating. It's a bunch yeah, of bullshit. You know, yeah. now kids like punk again, maybe. I don't know, do they? What Speaking I, of liking punk, no, go ahead. I'm right. afraid of the nineties revival. No, we've been afraid of that for years though. Remember it didn't happen. I hope it never happens. But it can't at this point because remember there was an '80s revival, like in the early 2000s. Right. I mean, right. they're all—it's sort of permanent '80s revival, but and '70s revival they keep revolving. But then there was—we were slated to have a '90s revival. At least it didn't hit when the time when it should have, like in 2010, 15. There should have been a grunge revival and a funk. Re- I know that would have been horrible. I talk about horrible. There would have been like all these kids doing like. You know, doing like like Pearl Jam songs and, and wearing flannels and having like, you know, oh, drinking God. Jägermeister, sitting on food. Get, you get oh. really into futon beds. Oh, my God. You don't have futons in your apartments <laughs> or your parents' house because kids always live with their parents now. Drinking Jägermeister and listening to Jane's Addiction. Oh, it's like, God. oh, it was a 90s revival, bro. Yeah. Like, think about it. What else would you be into? You'd be into the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, Mud Honey. You know, what else would you be into, though? Like, like fashion-wise and... Like what was nineties like Pearl uh, Jam? No, I mean like nineties fashion and, and TV shows and all that and pop oh, culture. Like um, you'd be like watching Seinfeld reruns or I don't know. What would you be doing? Uh, friends. <laughs> friends. I don't I guess. But that's not really ninety. I mean it is. But that's like, you know, for like music culture, like or dance I don't know what you'd be into. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't I was not cultural. I wasn't into it. No, no, no. No, <laughs> no I wasn't into the nineties. No, it wasn't yeah. very cool. I was not digging on anything new. I was not glad that I was in my twenties. Right. In that era. Yeah. Because you had hearkened for another time. Uh, yeah. Although I gotta say, yeah. I did um and I shouldn't admit this on the air. But um, that's what this is all about, man. I did talking about um, all the things you shouldn't be saying. I did go see Pearl Jam. Like, yeah, you probably shouldn't like say that four but times. Too late. You did? Yeah, because why? Because these girls were always. Oh yeah, like, well there you go. I've got tickets to go to see Pearl Jam on Saturday night. Of course and you you want to come with me? And I'm like, uh huh. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. And every time, like, it worked out great. Hey, there you go. You know, and I was just like, I hate Pearl Jam. Yeah, well, you know, you got to take one for the team sometimes. I, yeah, you know, but you know. I had to take one for the team a little more. Maybe often if you could ra- raise the roof or something like that, you'd get even more play. You know, go to some you know hip hop show and really, actually, no, they they don't like long haired guys. You know? Yeah, that you have pra- to drink Hennessy and like say something smoke really a, stupid. Smoke a blunt. Yeah, and do something really. Yeah, it'd be, I don't know if twist, that would work. Twist up a blunt. You have to spend like fifty. You'd have to buy fifteen dollars shots of Hennessy even back then. You know, I have to get bottle service. Yeah, bottle service. <laughs> you do at a hip hop club. Yeah, that's what you do. But uh, yeah, for real, man, and wear some really stupid clothes. But but uh, pull my pants down. Some yo yeah yeah right? <laughs> yeah yeah hip hop club maybe not you might I mean there are hip hop clubs that are classy where you wouldn't be let in if you did that I've I never know, I don't, I don't know, know if I've ever been to like a real hip hop I have club. really I bartended uh, a uh, Gua- like Guamanian is that the right word for it hip hop night once and it was That's Pacific Islander yeah but they have hip hop they have hip hop oh, night yeah, for okay. Pacific Islander yeah and it, I mean the band was like from Guam or something you know so but and that was. I mean, it was good money, but it was brutal. I mean, it was br- it was like everybody, all the chicks at that show were like, we be tipping you, so you got to give us free drink, free shots and all this shit like that. I was like, what? Whoa. Like, how, how, how outre, how, what a Philistine you must be to think right. that it's that kind of, tr- I mean, that is in a way how it can work. But it was so blunt. It was like, what? you just put like 
three bucks down on the bar after a round of drinks. Now you want you demand free shots. Like what the hell? You know, and uh, <laughs> that kind of shit. I was getting hit in the head with bottle caps and the, oh the, man, you know, it's just like bullshit going on. It was all like, yo man, you don't need. <laughs> Give me an adios, motherfucker. And I was like, oh, I can't do that right now. Or I don't know. And he's like, what do you mean, man? You don't know how to do that shit. Was, you know what that is, right? No, no. I'm it's like a Long Island iced tea with like a blue curacao or something on it. Really? Know, on the top, yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, blue, is that what you call it? Cur- no, curacao was a filmmaker. Blue curacao. curacao yeah, curacao. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't even, yeah, they don't, you can't even find that hardly anywhere anymore. Uh, yeah, and, it's always, uh, it's I did always an, that uh, I went to another, really? I went to, a, well, no, no, I'm saying, yeah, bars don't, those aren't the thing now. Adios, mofo. Yeah. But uh, the guy's coming in order that now. They go, can I get an adios, motherfucker? And I go, yeah, the door's right there. <laughs> adios, motherfucker. <laughs> no, I do say that. That's I do say, great. But, uh, no, it's stupid. But, <laughs> yeah, all right, but, bye. Uh, this guy was like, uh, I went to another hip, where, where was that? Oh, you know, Joanne used to work at a, my ex-girlfriend, there's you guys who don't know, out I, I, in the 90s, worked at a hip-hop, uh, like another, again, like an Asian uh, hip-hop dance night and, and at uh, some place down on uh, um, Petrero and Dejaro or something, I don't know, way down in like, you know, down by now where we're uh, on the way to like Parkside, bottom of the hill, that area. And, uh, Oh my God! That was in the '90s. They were like fifteen dollars shots of Hennessy. People flew in. I mean, but it was like high roll and stuff. These guys would fly in to go to that night to do some business, you know. And it was just like really slick. And it was funny because she'd be like, "She's like, yeah, I'm working the Asian hip hop night again." It was this is this is ridiculous. The name of that night was the Asian Zone, which is like really stupid name, right? Asian Zone. It's just not. (laughs) It's just not a very good name, but. You know, she she made a lot of money. It was great, you know. But I couldn't like. She's like, come down. I'm like, I went down once, and I'm like, well, it's really loud dance music, and I don't know anybody. Can't really talk to anybody. Right. And I'm sitting at the end of the bar, and it was so loud, and I just sat there. And she bartended, came over, and, you know, gave me free drinks, and blah, blah, blah. and I was like, this is kind of like sitting in a cubicle or something. Just like drinking, <laughs> just to like because hey, you weren't going to be dancing, or I'm not going to be dancing, yeah, yeah. and I didn't know anybody, and no one has really seemed like they wanted to talk to me because I looked like some you know burnt out like rocker guy, some homeless and, guy. Yeah, basically compared to them, <laughs> sli- you know I can't hit on girls because my girlfriend's behind the right, bars. So right. It was like, well, <laughs> what's the point oh, of this, man? man? So you're just like, but you know, in your 20s, you just want to like ingest alcohol, just like to. You know, I mean, I've been it, to like like soul music clubs and like R&B clubs and like blues clubs. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. But I've never really been to like... You've been like, to Oslo Soul Experience. Yeah, the Oslo Soul. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> but, um, never been to a hip-hop club. Yeah, I've never been to like... Not a, my scene. A real hip-hop club. Some behavior there is... Uh, well, you know, everything, every, every genre has its behavior. Speaking of which, speaking of... Behavioral genres. Well, behavioral genre or, you know... Uh, so anyway, anyway, okay. Um, yeah, what'd you bring tonight? I was going to do, yeah, well, you know, I, I, we were just talking about, I don't know, what were we just talking about? The 80s? The rock, 80s, whatever. the 90s? No, I, there's no way to segue into this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know, man. Every once in a while, and I've noticed an ongoing theme in this show, where I always come back to this, you know. Uh, for some reason, and I, I always go end up saying, you know, we want to play more metal. It's not like we don't want to play metal on this show. 
because uh, we end up playing a lot of hardcore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because totally. we Because we grew up listening to hardcore, right? So I have a bunch but of it, too. But people get yeah. this idea sometimes, and I just did an interview for the 25th anniversary of, of the uh, first Slaufeg album. Whoa, 25 uh, years? Although, yeah, 1996. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that later. It's a pretty cool interview, but the guy was like... <laughs> Uh, no, he actually he didn't mention this, but someone else did that. That like there was this rumor going around that like, oh yeah, that guy Scalzi from Slaufeg, he's way more influenced by by punk than he is by metal, which is ridiculous. A rumor. Well, no, that, I, I've, I've encountered this several times. I know it's really important. Everyone really cares about it. Uh, several times I've heard this, seen it in print, or been asked this question. Uh, it was a statement I just made, not a question. But but and I was like, well. That's not true. It's because I think I always listed um, hardcore bands as in like, what are your influences questions, right? And say in my favorite records, I'd always include a hardcore record, like a Black Flag album, right? And I always say Black Flag is one of my favorite bands or influenced by them. Um, And then I got this this thing where like oh then and I talk I guess I talked about it. There's been some websites about Heart of Darkness, my original band, my first band. That was a hardcore crossover sort of thrash band, and so everybody got this idea. Not everybody, not, not, who uh, several people who've talked to me got people this idea that I was into hardcore in the eighties and not metal or something, and that I got into metal later, which is not true at all. Uh, I was into ma- so were you, right? I wasn't. Were you into Priest and Maiden and Sabbath and stuff first? Um, yeah, or Metallica or whatever. Yeah, I uh, guess. But like, I, 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 you know, I mean. I didn't, I, you know, it's weird because like all the records I bought were punk, but then like anytime Priest came through town, like everybody went to that show. Anytime like, really, yeah, yeah anytime like Richie Blackmore came to town, just like everybody I knew, I mean, it didn't matter if you were punk or hippie or, 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 or slut or <laughs> all the slow, that's you why know, you everybody would go. And it's, um, just, you know, Scorpions too. You know, I mean, even even like even in the '90s, Scorpions were packing sports arenas. Well, of course they were. They were they, they were the biggest band in the world in the yeah. '90s, probably. Yeah. yeah, it was great. But 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 the, did you? I mean, you didn't have you weren't familiar with those records though, or you? Um, I was. I mean, I was really familiar with all the early stuff, but it was. It's not like I was, you know. But all the records. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't buying Scorpions records in the '90s. Oh. Well, you know? the 90s, not the ones that came out in the 90s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm way back in the early 80s. I was just, all I knew about was you know, Priest and Maiden and uh, Def Leppard and Ozzy Osbourne and all that. You know, yeah, Black yeah. Sabbath. And, and then I, I got, uh, it wasn't until 84, in, well, it wasn't until after I'd already been exposed to all this that I heard the Dead Kennedys, Black Flag, and then some other stuff, Minor Threat and stuff. And uh, damage particularly, and I was like, "Whoa, this is cool, man! Like, is this punk rock or is it hardcore?" Because back then, people tried to make this distinction, which there really isn't that much of one. Yeah, I mean, there is in the sense of, "Oh, the Dead Boys or the or the uh, Ramones or something are not right. hardcore," you know. But uh, Stiv Baders, yeah, he's not a hardcore singer, you know, but he's a punk, or you know. But uh, so this right re- anyway, the, this record uh, anyway. The point is, yeah, I was into hardcore, but I was into, it was only segued. It was. It was when it was sort of had some common elements to metal that I liked it. A lot of the DC stuff that came out uh, later than that, and it and it sort of like got melodic. I wasn't into it, you know. The Black Flag was the one I always had sort of metal, sort of a metalish sound to it, to it. And, I just uh, liked the the um, the quick changing okay, power yeah. chords. 
Just power, yeah, that was power cool. chords all over the place. Well, you could do it if you didn't know how to play. Because like, all those yeah. other, yeah, because all those other bands, you know, like, you know, Priest and Maiden, whatever thing, you know, it was like, you know. You couldn't figure it out that easily. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, you know, if there's a song that's like got like 10 power chords in it and it's bitching and it's fast. Super easy to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what turned yeah. me on, man. I was just I like, thought that was I cool. I do that. Cause it was, but also because I was learning Van Halen and Jimi Hendrix and all that stuff and Black Sabbath before I'd heard that stuff. And so the only people that had it together to have a band, like an actual band that played live with like decent sized amps and a real drummer who could play, were hardcore bands. None of the metal kids could get it together in my town yeah, right? to have a band. So there was two hardcore bands. So I was like, I got to play with them. And I started to like that kind of music. But I knew how to play lead. So by the time I got into Heart of Darkness, they were already uh, trying to segue into sort of metalish, you know, like at least halfway into that. And I could play lead guitar. So, they, you know, and then I ended up not even, I ended up singing in that band because of some, because <laughs> I didn't have any good equipment. But the first rehearsal I did was like, <laughs> Because I could actually play lead, but I was challenging because I didn't know how to do fast chords the way they did. Because metal kids didn't learn that back then. They exactly. Just, like, they exactly. learned like you know they were like you know they were metal kids were learning. They could do like what? Right. Presented with like. Yeah, the hardcore goes. So it's a weird thing. Anyway. So now, yeah, it's hard to imagine. I think some kid now or something would be very would have a hard time imagining a world where the two weren't meshed to get where they weren't fused. Right. It was like you're into hardcore, you're into metal. Yeah, and it was yeah that's it. But um, so anyway, this is this is an album that often gets forgotten. Henry Rollins' Hot Animal Machine, which I've been listening to lately. Ooh. I love this record. It's not Rollins' band. I mean, I mean, people know about this, but it's not. People don't go, oh yeah, like. Henry Rollins' solo first solo album, they think of Rollins' band. Yeah, totally. But this is just Henry Rollins' Hot Animal Machine, 80, 1987. So it's just the year cool. after Black Flag, yeah. Flag broke up. And I think I'm going to do a double dose. Double down. Because I swear, people, I talk about this record to some people, and they don't even know. They go, oh, yeah, Lifetime, or, or I don't remember the, the, I stopped after Lifetime at the second Rollins' band album. There was some live albums. And this one is always my favorite, because it has a cover called Crazy Lover by R. Barry, who I don't actually remember who that was. Crazy Lover. Who's R. Barry? I don't know. But it's out of character for Henry Rollins to do this song. It's kind of like a, a kind of like a David Lee Roth type of thing. And then after that, he says he does A Man and a Woman, which is one of his very politically incorrect um, spoken word pieces over oh. weird janky guitar, which I love. So we're going to do a double dose of Hank Rollins here. Double dose. Well, I got money to spend It's time to waste Let's get together, baby Let's get straight Just me and you That's all we do Can I really have a ball? Cause I'm a crazy lover Yeah, crazy lover Oh, I'm a crazy lover, baby And I think you're kind of crazy too Well 
Is super janky on that. Yeah, it's pretty weird, man. I don't remember if that's the guy. I think it's the same guy who was in the Rollins band late, later. But I don't even remember that because I don't have the cover anymore. I don't have the the uh, sleeve anymore from that record because it got destroyed on a fire. So see, uh, it's pretty wild, though. Yeah, see if you can find the. It says here, 1987. That's right. On Texas Hotel Records. Um, is there a, uh, there is no, I don't see a catalog number on here. Pretty cool, though. Lots of stuff. Oh, I love that record. Yeah, it's really... 1987 on Texas Hotel Records. Henry Rollins, Hot Animal Sh- Machine. Uh, yep. What were the name of the songs we just heard there, Mike? Uh, Crazy Lover and A Man and a Woman, right? Crazy Lover and A Man and yeah. a Woman, Yeah. So you're right. It does say that Crazy Lover was written by somebody named R. Berry. Don't know who that is. Might be is Chuck Berry. I mean, it, uh, I don't. Was yeah, Chuck I, Berry maybe his name? His real name was Richard Berry. Or something? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think it's Chuck. Berry. Maybe I don't know, man. I don't know. Crazy Lover. I don't think it is. Really. I mean, it was just like a straight up rock and roll. Yeah, but I don't know. Bluesy kind of Berry thing. Has a song called Crazy Love. Does he? I, maybe I'm just totally ignorant. You know. He might. I don't know. If I mean, that's something that we might. Uh, something we might research. We might yeah, be able to figure yeah. out someday. For that ignorant. Uh, so. So I have a. You know, what's going on here? Yeah, what, gonna, uh, looks like Mr. Tringolini sent us something else here, man. But we don't need to get into that now. So. Oh, you got CDs. Uh, oh, Randy Holden. 
Are you playing something? What? Dead Kennedys or something? What is it?
Okay, that was some uh, TSOL. That was very abrupt. Yeah, I just oh, I was thinking when you were playing that Henry Rollins stuff. <laughs> yeah, you're playing that Henry Rollins <laughs> so stuff. So let's play some TSOL. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'll play some TSOL too. Uh, I love that stuff. I think you should have played. That was the first record. Um, I forget. I forget what it's called. I think it's just called TSOL. It came out in like '81 or something like that. And uh, that was Sounds of Laughter and Code Blue mm. from TSOL. Because um, that's, you know, I mean, that's kind of like early punk rock, too. You should have played early punk rock. You, what? You should have played some Abruptum. Abrupt, abruptumus? Abruptum. Yeah. Is it. That, is that yeah. really a band? Yes. Abruptum? It's a black metal band <laughs> from the 90s, from the golden 90s. You ever heard of that? Oh, okay. Um, so we're going to try and do a new... Uh, we're going to uh, try to get someone on the line right now, right? We're going to try and do a new uh, a new excerpt on the show. A new, uh, a new, new portion, what? A new portion of excerpt? the program. <laughs> an excerpt. It's, it's not an excerpt exactly, but... We're going to try and do a new, a, new a thing A new here. activity here. Yeah, we're going to... Um, we're we're going to call up this guy. Uh, who is his name? We're going to call Chris Millard from Children of the Reptile because... Yeah. Um, we played some of his stuff on the last episode, and uh, I re- we both we really liked it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both really liked it, and so he we left, should call him. And he left he left yeah. us his phone number, so uh, that's what you get for leaving Slaufeg your phone number. You just might get a phone. You call. Send us your packages. We will. Uh, yeah, we'll you probably know. call you <laughs> to tell you that you suck. Yeah. But, but in, in this case, case actually, we will. <laughs> we're not going to tell him that, or maybe we will, <laughs> just for just for shits and giggles. Yeah. What if we did that? Like if someone sent us something really bad and we called them up just to tell them they suck on the air. Do that too. Oh, oh God. And, and be like, okay, um, we know, like to tell you, that you know you what we want to recommend that you do? You know, instead of that song, you know, where it's really slow, maybe increase the tempo a little bit. As if we know bit. better, yeah. Maybe increase the tempo a little bit, um, make the guitar solo half as long, and yeah. l- let's work on those lyrics a little let's bit. Work, let's work on that, yeah. Let's talk, yeah. You dialing him, man? Dialing. <laughs> He's gonna <laughs> dialing Chris Millard. Oh, it's kind of late over there in Maine, isn't it? Well, you know, let's see if he's a rocker. That's true. Let's see if he's a rocker. No one answers the phone anymore, man. You're like, you can't really text him on the air, so right. That doesn't really work. Doesn't seem to be working, bro. Your call has been forwarded. Nine one zero at the tone. Please record your message. When you have finished recording, (laughs) you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, um, Chris, this is uh, Adrian and Mike from Slaufeg. We are calling to. You're on the air, bro, right now. Yeah, you better pick up the next call. We're calling to talk to you about Children of the Reptile. Uh, we'll try calling you again in a little while. Yeah. But um, we like your music, and we want to talk about it. That's right. On the podcast. All right, all right. Uh, have a nice day. So you're going to man up? Okay, that didn't work. Call Bob Wright? Well, um, Why do you, you seem resistant to this idea? Well, no, no, I'm not resistant. I want to see if he's, if he's going to listen to the message and then call back. Well, we can, we, can, you know, we can do that. We can get him and Bob on at the same time, maybe. Uh, that would be a pretty maybe. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to try calling Bob? What? Yeah, man. All right, what's He's Bob's my phone bro. number? Oh, I'm going to edit out the phone numbers, by the way, so that not everybody has Bob's phone Oh, no, phone we, no, 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 we don't want to do that, do we? Well, I'll just show it to you, you know. Hold on here. Oh, wait, I'm getting reception down here, man. But, no, we got to do it on the air, so I'm not going to say it over the air, man. Well, I'll, I'll edit. Just, just, I'll no, edit. just, just, we'll just come over here. man. Oh, you know he's going to be down, man. It's only 830. He's probably just getting a buzz on right now. 
See if this works. He'll answer. I know him. It's from your phone. You won't, you won't recognize the, the number, but. He's going to go Bob Wright. Hey, uh, Bob, this is... This is this Bob Wright? I'm sorry, it's who? This is, this is Adrian and Mike from Slaupig. Hello, how are you? Bob. How are you, how are you guys doing? All right. We called you on Slaupig Radio, man. We're on the air. I'm on the radio? Well, no, it's, it's a podcast, so it's not, being, it's not live. Hold on a second. Let me take. Let me get this cocaine off the mirror. Real exactly, quick. <laughs> Bob. We oh, wanted you God. so badly on the show that uh, we had to cold call you like this while we're recording our podcast, <laughs> just to see how you're doing. I like slow fag. It's one of my favorite bands. <laughs> I know it is, but but um, you know, we just wanted to get you on the on the air here. You cool with that? Absolutely, I'm cool with that. Okay. I was thinking about you guys, and I said, damn, I think I was supposed to do something like a month ago. Yeah, well, whatever. But, uh, you know, it's our new thing is, uh, you know, is uh, just, you know, we want to cold call people and see what they have to say. So. I mean, I can't hear you that. I mean, I'm not drunk, but I've been drinking. Oh, uh, yeah, well, we are, so you better right catch now. up with us, man. Catch up with us. We're definitely drinking. And, um, <sighs> you know, what have you been doing, man? Like, we want people to hear this and hear about what Broca's Helm is up to, especially over COVID. Well, I think um, we've got, you know, it's a normal. We've got like at least three offers to make a record and Jim wants to make it from his house. And so it looks like me and Jack will go into the studio. And the first song I sent some of my demos, they, they both like that. I got a whole list of them more. So let's see what happens. You know, it's the same old thing. Everyone wants to release something. They want to make T-shirts. It's just, it's endless. It's endless. And I'm like, I just say, like, send the money. Send the money. <laughs> so there's some there's some new Broke His Helm music on the horizon, you're saying? It looks that way. If it all goes good. Jim got in a, a motorcycle crash. He almost got killed. Yeah, so he he's, he's okay now, right? Yeah, he's getting better. He's, he's on a YouTube sometime playing, trying to show how to play the bass guitar parts for Broca's Helm songs. Oh, really? <laughs> really? How do you wait? Wait, how do you we, get that? We gotta look that up. Just look up Jim Schumacher on YouTube. Yeah, I guess so. Oh man, that's or cool. Facebook, or, or Facebook? He's on Facebook. Yeah, I heard that uh, from you actually that he got in a motorcycle wreck. So we hope he recovers from that, man. Jeez, like I so think he's making a recovery, but he um. He lives out in the middle of nowhere now because he has, like, a ranch, you know? So yeah, 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 yeah. That's cool. He lives out by he Tracy, out right? He's because they raise the rent so goddamn high that, you know, you just can't afford it no more. So now he's living in a place with a barn and shit, like an acre of land. So he's happy as a lark, but he doesn't like to drive to San Francisco to practice or anything. So, so, he, so you're... once in a while, if we go to do a show, he'll come, but he doesn't want to come and, like, do all the stuff. So he'll well, just so be you... like the last record. I'll just play the bass again, just like the last time. Wait, wait, wait. You played bass on, on the last record? You did not play bass on What's the last that? record. You didn't play bass on the last record did you there's a lot of me on there brother oh so wait you did the basic tracks with jack and then and then jim comes and does his little thing you're like is that what's going on 
Yeah, we just make believe he's, it's, he's kind of like the Lexi Fox of our band, you know. We, I fucking do almost everything, and then he just comes in and we make him feel good about it, you know. Oh, okay. We make sure that he can't see that the red light's not on, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, you, so that's awesome. You and Jack are working on songs now, though? Are you really doing that? We're doing it over the, um, over the uh, computer at the moment. Oh, okay. computer okay. band. So, are you still, are you still going to record at the Caverns of Thunder? where you've made your other records. Is that what's going on? No, without mentioning any names, right now the first guy I'm thinking about is the guy you go to all the time. Oh, yeah, I know that guy. We know that guy. I like him because he he uh, he helped us record some rhythm tracks in the year a hundred years ago. You know, and he was oh. he's a cool guy, so I like him. And he's I know other guys, but he's like the most convenient. and He's good quality. So it might be him. Yeah, the guy in South City who kind of looks like, uh, like uh, Grizzly Adams or something. He's got like a. He's not that Grizzly. Yeah, yeah, oh, we, yeah. We worked with him before. We worked <laughs> yeah. with him before, and um, he might have recorded a track on the um, the, the third album. Yeah. At least one track I think he recorded for us. That's and the guy I'm you came in the studio, studio with us, too. Studio. So anyway, I like that guy, and he's convenient, yeah. you know? He's, he's known. I got a bunch of crap at my house. I got a little demo studio. Jack's got yeah. crap. We all got a bunch of crap. But I want a professional sound. Yeah, he's known around the city as Cocaine Romeo. You knew that, right? Mm. Well, like I said, I just have to kick off that line because I didn't want to blow it off the mirror while I was talking to you. I know, I sneezed once. I sneezed here earlier, and you know, and it went all over the place with all that booger sugar, man. All over the place, Bob. So, damn, man. So, you're looking at yourself. It was really fucking good in the 70s and 80s, then it went fucking downhill. Then crack came in. But lately, there's some good batches coming back, so. (laughs) Well, yeah, you definitely have to do some of that when you're driving. You've been out all night partying because, like, obviously. And you would know about this, Bob, because you have a song called Drink and Drive that you got to, like, get back on the road, you know? And uh, now well, people just... An, an, an anti-drinking and driving song? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I drank and drove for 10 years, Mike. I never got behind the wheel without at least a minimum of a six-pack. A that's what I mean. No, that's six-pack. what I mean, man. I get behind the wheel with a six-pack, too, but that's after I go to the gym, you know? It's just... Uh, now, what I see people do is they stay like pounding like vodka and margaritas and stuff because I bartend, you know? And then when they want to get sober, you know, they used to do cocaine so they could drive home straight, but now they just start drinking Bud Light, you know, or something like that. They drink a few Bud Lights to sober up and then they can drive, you know? If I want to drive home and I don't have any Coke, I like uh, Bushmills and coffee. Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Irish shop. Bushmills and coffee. That just, that's a wake-up right That's there, definitely bro. the way to do it, that's yeah. That's the wake-up call right there, yeah. Well, shit. I, mean, I, grew, I grew up in a bar. It doesn't mean, I know. It means nothing to me. You know, my favorite liquor comes in a plastic gallon milk container, and I get it from somewhere back east. And, man, that's, you got but you got to learn how to keep your tongue down on your on your uh, saliva gland, or else you burn the shit out of that thing. But that, that's my kind of liquor. Yeah. I want liquor, oh. brother. Where was this bar that you grew up in anyway? What? Uh, the Tower Lodge. It's not there anymore. It's top of the hill by Twin Peaks. The Tower Lodge. Oh, that's right. Okay, Across okay. The street from Macatier. It's now I think it's like a Walgreens or something. How did you grow I mean, up I in the bar? I didn't live there. Yeah, I didn't yeah. Live there, but I spent a lot of fucking time there, man, with my dad. My dad was the manager. Oh, that's right. Oh. That's right. Yeah, your dad was. The, you told me this story. Yeah, that's right. By the way, you guys listening, this is Bob Wright from Broca's Helm. Okay, Citizen Wright here we have on the line, and uh, just so you know, just so you know who's who's telling these these incredible stories. Um, and, uh, okay, well, shit. 
Yeah, I mean, I was, I was a backwards child. I was filling the beer boxes when I was five. I took my first shot. I want to say Jack Daniels when I was seven, but I think it was actually a liquor called Ten High. So I ten High? I know Ten I High. Yeah. I didn't like beer when I was a kid. When I, when I was a little kid, I did not like beer. But, man, and then I, I grew to like it, you know. I think then I, I did. stopped making my favorite beer, Red Hook, man. They oh, yeah, that was everybody's. Speaking of the 90s, so that was a 90s. What have I got here right now? I'm drinking fucking Heineken because it's a dollar. Oh, dude. Heineken. Oh, man. That's I went a, that... back to Heineken because it's the cheapest beer they sell. Everything else is like fucking... 12 bucks for a six-pack. No, I know. You're right. No, it is. You're right. Even even like Modelo and stuff is like it is. over 10 bucks for, or no, what is it, 10 bucks for a six-pack or something like that? It's ridiculous. We talked about yeah, this. a lot of beers I like, but I mean, just for the, just to have beer yeah, around yeah. the house, I always buy a couple cases of Heineken and I buy some specialty shit once in a while, too. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. at the moment, it's Heineken right here in front of me. Okay. Because I'm thinking of a, a Heineken Hanneman from uh, Slayer. Oh, you're thinking of Jeff Hanneman, yeah. Uh, We once did an interview with a guy who said he did a seance, right? And he summoned Jeff Hanneman after he died. Do you remember that? I do do remember that, yeah. he was telling us that he could speak to Jeff Hanneman from beyond the grave, man. It was really weird. Uh, He was telling us that while we were doing a radio interview with him. He was like, oh, I could hear exactly what he was saying. We had the Ouija board out or some shit like that. That was really weird. I didn't believe him. You know, because I don't believe in that shit, Bob. I don't believe that kind of shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't either, but, um, I mean, uh, Houdini tried. He, he pretty much disproved every single person ever. And his wife tried mm-hmm. to get him for the last, for 20 or 30 years, and it didn't work. So, Who? I don't know, man. Who's, it? Who's this? Houdini. Oh, Houdini. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houdini tried. He's the guy that went around disproving all that shit. Yeah, I guess so. You know, he was the one that showed a bunch of bullshit. They were fucking ripping off old ladies, you know, taking all their money. And oh, shit. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, Bob, another thing I want to ask you here is about that. Uh, okay, I always forget. You've been playing with another band other than Brokus Helm for the last few years. Um, and you I even played with Hex. Yeah, Hex. And you even did a record with him and went on tour maybe or did some festivals, right? I did two records with them. I did one where I wrote the title track called Wrath of the Reaper. Okay. And the second one was, uh, God damn it. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it right now. Uh, too many Heinekens? Um, but it came out because it came out during COVID. I wasn't ready for yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I played um, a lot of lead guitar on the second one, but I wrote the title track of the first one. And let me see if I can figure out what in the hell the name of the... It's um, it's on the tip of my tongue, and it is. I'm looking for it on my computer. It is called. It's a good fucking record, man. It's a good band. No, um, yeah, we got to get some hex down here because yeah. I don't think, have we played them on Slough Radio? I don't think we I have. Don't, I don't think I don't have any hex. I don't think we've played any hex, but that's why we got to get you uh, to come down here one day with some records. Uh, you know, yeah, to do Bob, the show with us. Bring yeah. us some records, and we can play records and talk more shit. You know, yeah. it's in uh, it's entangled in sin. It's the second record. It just came out um, during the COVID thing, so we're gonna try probably try to make it come out again. Oh, really? The first okay. two, and we just got a deal for another two because of the first two. Really? It's the, the leader of the band is Dan Watson. He's the okay. original member. Okay. Okay. Entangled from, in you sin. Know, way back when, when we were. Ten years old. Oh, that's right. You played with them before, right? Yeah, we played in a with them. I played in um the rockabilly uh, band, right? I played in Reno. We played in uh, Milwaukee. We played uh, Bang Your Head, a big giant fucking. That's right. With Hex. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's great, man. We played there with Hex. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, no, um, because uh, uh, I couldn't get Jack or Jim. They'll, they'll, they'll go play a festival, but I'm like, hey, dude, we got to make a fucking record. Let's do something. So instead of sitting here, I'm Catholic. I'm not allowed to jack off, so I got to do something. So the Hex guys called up and said, come and play. So I said, what the fuck? They're a good group of guys, good music. It's a oh, great is that band. why? You oh, yeah, you're not out. allowed to jerk off when you're Catholic. Is that why the... Uh... The Pope was down in Africa telling everybody not to wear rubbers or something like that. I don't know what it was. Anyway. Yeah, you're not allowed to do it, man. It's a fucking sin. You're going table. straight to hell. So anyone on the radio that has jacked off or, I mean, masturbation, it's masturbatory negligence, man. Yeah, it so is. It's you're bad. You're going to hell. If you've hell. done it on the radio, yeah. We could do it right here, but we don't want to do All virtual, virtual thank, masturbation. All so, I can say is thank God for nocturnal emissions. For, and, you know, I usually go to the tannin salon with this Vietnamese girl, Tuesday night special, but they've been fucking closed for like nine months. I know. Oh you can't get God. your happy ending or your happy beginning or whatever it is, but that's too bad, man. But, but hell. So Hex is uh, doing more, and hopefully Brokus Helm is doing more. Is that what you're telling us? You were going to be doing that's, stuff. And, yeah, because we're going to die soon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's going to happen to all of us. Uh, in, in, we're more than halfway through, at least, Robert. Yeah, so. Uh, well, no, shit. I, wrote a, I wrote all these songs for Broke's Home Record. We made a deal to make a record. We had a record deal, like several it's, years it's back, great. and these guys never showed up. So I said, fuck it. Really? I gave one of those songs to Hex, and they got the, a record uh, that was the title track of uh, the first modern Hex record called Wrath of the Reaper. And so that one gave us a second record by Hex which is called Entangled in Sin, which is a good fucking killer record, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we got to get that one and play it on here because I've heard some of it, but I uh, we don't own it, actually. But um, so, yeah, you, you've been in a bunch of bands, right? Like, I remember we had a video once of you playing in a band in the 70s on some TV show. I think it's on YouTube. And, yeah, uh, that, was a high, that was my high school band. That was always yeah. my goal. I wanted the high school band to be like the one. So like when we're 50 years and 60 years old, you can look back and say, hey, man, we went to high school together. But it yeah. fell apart. That's the way it goes. It's just, that's just, it, it's hard to do that. It's an, almost impossible. That's why Broke is Helm, which is still the same three original guys, it's going to be 40 years. So maybe that's another reason why we're probably going to do something. 40? We've only been together 30 years, man. You got 10 years on us, bro. No, wait, it's the same three original guys. This, wasn't there another drummer at some point, or am I wrong? In my band? In Broca's Helm. In Broca's Helm, it was only Jack. But in bands before Broca's Helm, I had several other drummers. Oh, really? I thought I saw pictures of you guys playing with another drummer way back when, Broca's Helm. No? Okay. Um, there was a young kid that played with us, and then um, he, he didn't kill nobody, but he was involved, and he went to jail for like fucking 25 years. Whoa! Man, totally and then you had a second totally guitar. fucked up. You had a tech second guitar player, too, named like T-Bone or something. Or what was his name? Is that it? Yeah, Tom T-Bone Daney played with us yeah. at the, on the Black Death record. That's right. Yeah, I mean, so Tom, yeah, no, Tom's still a good friend of mine. We're still good friends. Oh, okay, okay. Just, you okay. know, things don't work out. And before that, we had John Gray. And he's a good guy. And he's okay. still a good friend of mine. But, like, you know, people get married and shit, and, you know, fuck uh, stuff up. I know, we buddy. Actually had a, we had a fucking singer that was pretty fucking good. And then um, we, we I booked three shows in a row with the, new, with the singer. And then he calls me up and goes, oh, gee, I got a problem. I go, what's the matter? He goes, like, I'm going, I'm going back east to get married. And I'm like, oh, what the geez. fuck are you? 
Jeez. What are you talking about, dude? We got three shows booked. Oh, so man. That's kind of like how I ended up being the singer. Oh, yeah, that's kind of how it works. That's how I ended up being the singer in Slaufeg, too. The, the original singer didn't come out to San Francisco. You know, he didn't come out to California with us. So I just sang, you know. I ended up playing bass that way in Pennsylvania too, when we, because no, the bass player quit or something. I just had to play bass, you know. So that's what happens. And we had like know? a we auditioned some singers. We had like this David Lee Roth clone show up, man. The guy was like fucking cool. He had a fucking beautiful blonde chick on his shoulder, and he's. We played a few songs, and he was like, well, gee, I don't know. And he wasn't, like, ready to sing or something. I'm like, dude, sing. And he barely sang at all, but it sounded halfway decent. And he was like, dude, he, he was like the composer's broth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that didn't work out. And no. a couple other guys, and that didn't work out. Nothing worked out. And a couple so of other guys. Singing. Well... Weren't you in a band when you were a kid, though? Like a rockabilly band when you were, like, in high school, too, or something like that? No, I was in a 50s band. That's what I mean, 50s yeah. 50s-style band. Okay, okay. With, um, we were no good, but we were kind of famous. For We played at, like, the, the church thing. We played two, two sold-out nights at a gigantic fucking church thing. We were, like, the hit band, you know? Wow. Fucking, we could barely, we could play, like, four or five songs. Was yeah, it, like, was it doo-wop or something? So we were no good. Was it, was it, it was doo-wop? was fucking killer. We had a great time. Was it doo-wop, or was it, like, Dave Clark 5, or what was it? No, it was like a At The Hop, Danny and the Juniors, At The oh, Hop. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. I love her. Johnny B. Good. It was based on Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids. I don't know if you guys ever heard of those guys. No, but I got to check it out. I, I, I don't know about that. I'm too... I'm too oh, young, Bob. Cadillac sorry. Of the Continental Kids. So the guy that got me started playing the guitar was the guitar player from that band. His name was uh, Lynn Phillips. And uh, man, I gotta check that out. He played Pipeline, and I seen Pipeline. I seen him play Pipeline four times, and I said, "That's it. I'm fucking gotta play the guitar." Because I was a drummer. I took drum lessons for. I took drum lessons from the third grade till the ninth or tenth grade. But in between, I played the piano and guitar. But I was a drummer. <laughs> but it just, you know, you can only do so much with the drums. You were like Eddie Van Halen, man. You started out on drums and you started shredding and that was it. Well, yeah, I took drum lessons forever because my dad was a drummer. He played uh, drums in swing bands when he was younger. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. That's so awesome. that was it. I was a drummer. I played on a Slingerland kit, and I played on all kinds of shit. And I played in a couple of bands. I played in stage bands, marching bands, pet bands, all that shit. But then I changed over to piano. I used to play piano in another band with uh, Sam Hambly and Mike Mascarinas, and we were a pretty fucking good band. And then I played in another, another band with my brother and my cousin called the Red Seal Project, which was a real fucking good band. We played at the band shell in, um, what do you call it, uh, Golden Gate Park? Yeah, 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 yeah that's know, right. These, these things fall apart, you know? They just, you know, they just fall apart. It was back when John Lennon got killed. John Lennon got fucking shot in the, by uh, my cousin and my friend Sam. He fucking, he just tore him apart, man. He couldn't fucking do nothing for a while Your anymore. friend Sam so shot John Lennon? Apart. <laughs> no, that was all, when his friend Sam. I, John Lennon got shot on my birthday when I turned 10. Like, I was sitting there having a birthday party, you know, when you're a kid and you have the cake and everything and your friends are there. I was turning 10. Well, I was and, like 20, man. Yeah, I, was, I know. That was fucked up because he was making a good fucking comeback, man. And yeah, I know. I know all the Yoko, everyone, the Yoko shit, but whatever, man. But fucking that Double Fantasy album was a good fucking record, man. No, it wasn't. Uh, you don't like it? Oh, no, no, it wasn't. <laughs> Double Fantasy sucked. Yeah. Oh, well. Uh-oh. He cut out, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's like, later. <laughs> yeah. 
You like uh, double fantasy. Are you allowed to say fuck on the radio? Oh, no, yeah, you can say fuck. <laughs> I'm sorry, I won't say fuck anymore. If I'm not supposed to say fuck. No, you can say that. What, who told you not to say fuck, man? You can say whatever you want, baby. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, our... our uh, or disagreeing well, you know, about just like you, Mike. All, all your playing when you were younger, all the shit you did. Yeah. I just I only wanted to play music. That's all I wanted to do. I know, of course. And um, we tried to. We had the same lawyer as fucking. Uh, what was it? Uh, of like um, like Boston and Foreigner. We had that lawyer. No, I know you guys were on that. I know that you guys. Two hundred fifty grand. I know you were on the cusp of uh, of doing something at one point that was on you know mainstream level, right? Way back in. Uh, you know, when? The 80s, I guess? Or the late, early 80s or something like that? Yeah, like the the, the um, manager of Rat. Yeah. I had her on. She was a chick. She's telling me, guys, hey, man, you got something, but you got to fucking poof your hair up and yeah, you know, yeah, wear yeah. makeup and shit. And I'm like, lady, you don't know what we look like. Yeah, you, guys were like the, you guys were in the middle of like, you guys were like Twisted Sister, like these huge dudes. You know who wouldn't look good in drag, you know, I mean, but they did it anyway. I mean, you I didn't. I like to wear a dress on Halloween, but that, you know, it doesn't yeah. really work out for the heavy metal thing. You know. Yeah, I thought that the manager of Rat was like uh, um, Milton Berle's nephew or something like that. That's why he was in. The, no, I didn't. That's why he was in all their videos. It originally, it originally was. Yeah, okay. We had some chick on the phone telling me this stuff, and uh, I said, look, it ain't going to work out. Then I went to meet with Gene Simmons, and everybody says Gene Simmons is a dick. That guy was fucking cool to me, man. Yeah, that's cool. totally cool. (laughs) I said, help us, help us, make a record. And he goes, I'm going to take your record, because we had made our own record with our own money, (laughs) called Black Death, which has sold a whole bunch of shit. Gene Simmons was telling you this? I'm going to take your record, I'm going to put it on the turntable, and I'm going to drop the needle and and, and a lot of your songs, and if something pops at me, I'll give you a call. If it doesn't pop, I'm not going to call you. So, I mean, he was cooler than most of the record companies I ever talked to. Most of them were dicks. Did he ever call you? He was a cool guy, man. Did he ever call you? No, he didn't call me. So he didn't pop. He didn't hear any hits. He called Benny Vincent instead, and that didn't work out too Oh, he called you, but it was about you playing for Kiss? No, no, we were no. a record company. Yeah, yeah, so I thought, how did you get a hold of Gene Simmons anyway? What did that mean? I, in, down in Los Angeles. Oh, okay. It well, all happens in L.A. It man. all happens in L.A. in the 80s. Yeah, that's what I happened. I was down in Los Angeles um, drinking heavily and trying to get a record deal. And most companies were saying, like, hey, how's your sister look? I'm like, fuck you, man. Listen to this shit. Because <laughs> we were never really thrash. No, We were no. in a thrash thing. I wrote a couple of thrash songs, and I can write a thrash song a day if I want to. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. To, but we're, like, different. I, mean, I don't know what we are. We're the wizard in the forest or the witch in the woods. Or I don't know what the fuck it is, but it's something different, you know? When the three of us get together. Yeah, I know it is. It's something very different. That's when you had the uh, Into Battle record, right? That's what you were shopping around to get a deal? No. You said Black we had Death. a deal on that one already. The second one was uh, Black Death. No, no, I meant... Oh, I I'm sorry. No, no. Simmons. Oh, yeah, Black Death was like your demo that you were shopping around. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. it was actually a completed record at the time. And we're like, look, man, help us out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He liked everything about it, but I never got the call because he. You know, who we really ended up with was the Bullet Boys. It wasn't. Oh it was the God, the, the Bullet, Bullet Boys. Boys. <laughs> so you guys. He did worked you guys, with the Bullet Boys. Did you guys have the record like all finished and packaged, or were you like sending people acetates or something? Like what was going? What were you sending cassettes? No, it was completely, completely done, and not, but not released. 
in boxes in my in my studio, stacked up against the wall. Oh wow, you you had the wow. Oh, so where are those now? They're mostly sold. There's a few in the archives, but they're mostly all sold. He's got a few in the archives. Five hundred dollars for an original one sealed. I don't know where these fucking guys get this money, but some people have fucking big money, man, and they want to spend it. It's fucking insane. <laughs> hey, good for them, man. Well, yeah, now you can find that, if you can find that Black Death vinyl, it's worth what? Like a billion dollars or a thousand bucks or something Wait, like that? If I can find the Black Death what? Vinyl. I mean, if anybody can it. find it. No, no, I'm not at you. <laughs> no, I don't mean you. I mean, if someone, someone wants it, they could get it on eBay for, it costs a lot of money, right? Sometimes a hundred bucks, sometimes two hundred bucks, sometimes yeah. last word. Yeah, yeah. My friend always told me, he said, Oh, Bob, you're full of shit. You don't play in no band. You root Germany? What? He went over to fucking Germany on a vacation. He walked in a record store, and behind the glass case for like two hundred bucks was my record. Oh, wow. <laughs> he, goes, he comes back and goes, Hey, Bob, I guess you were, I guess you weren't bullshitting me. I guess you are fucking a rock and roller. You know, they told me that you, people say that to me too. They go, oh, I went to Europe and I didn't see Slaufeg stuff everywhere. Like they, like, like as if I said I was some kind of huge pop star in Germany or something. I, you know, I never did. But pop rock. But yeah, yeah. But they just <laughs> they assume that if they can't see your stuff behind glass, like Bob Wright's records, then you're not huge. You know. Yeah, you got to go to Poland. You got to go over there, there, man. You got to go to Poland to see that. Yeah, to see Slaufe. You know, you've been to Europe, so you know it's different over there, man. Fucking people cry and they fucking bow to you and they want all this shit. After getting you off the floor, stand next to me and let's take a picture. I don't know. There's something about the music that you write and I write gets into certain people's heads. Yeah, and it means something to them. If and you that's guys what got really around, makes it worthwhile. It is, but if you guys got around America these days, I think you'd find now. I mean, after COVID, there was a lot of that. There's still a lot of that here now. I mean, there is a lot of that here now. Yeah, People will totally. You play festivals in Chicago scene. and stuff, right? Well, we played in Brooklyn a couple years ago, and it was fucking insane. I mean, yeah. I, mean, we, I was standing there for an hour signing autographs. Yeah, you played St. Vitus, right? A nuclear power plant drove from, like, Tennessee or something to see us. And I go, you're full of shit. You don't work at a nuclear power plant, man. And he goes, bullshit. He pulled out these pictures, and he's standing right right next to that fucking cobalt blue. Of the, right, where it's right underwater. He's fucking five feet away from this shit. And the fucking plant is on. I'm going, holy shit, you really do work there. Wow. <laughs> Man. Did you play St. Vitus? Like that, you know? Was that the club you played in Brooklyn? Was it St. Vitus, the place you played? No, we played at the Bell House. Okay. We played at a place called St. Vitus in 2019. The I don't Bell know. Where, yeah, I'm not sure about the Bell House. I've never been there. But yeah, Brooklyn but is I awesome. They're close. they're close to each other. Okay. All right. Yeah, we played in Chicago a couple of times. It was killer. People that come from fucking Chile. Yeah, I know. Like, what the fuck are you well, doing from coming Chile, from Chile to see us? What the that's, fuck that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, they'll travel. Well, once we were in Norway, we were in Oslo, and these guys came from, like, remember that? These these three guys, they came from America to see us in Oslo. Which is weird. Norway. They came from, like, Iowa or something. I'm like, what the hell are you doing here? Yeah. And they were like, oh, yeah, we just figured we'd, like, you know, come over here to see. We were playing with Corner, so they, like, flew the whole way to Norway to see us play with Corner. I was like, what? We play in America, you know? We're available in America. That is weird. But hey, I'll it's take it. It's the same thing. We, we were over there in Norway um, in playing, and it's the same thing. These people, are, they come. You know, we have these little tours, like a two-week or three-week tour. Yeah, they yeah, fucking yeah. see the same people at every show. Yeah, Some yeah. of these fucking kids are fucking rich, man. I don't know where they get the fucking money to do this shit. I don't know. God bless them. I know. No shit, man. Oh, man. They save so, their allowance. They save their allowances, yeah. Um, 
but they always say that we we have, we have to come. I go, what what are you possibly doing here to see us in Essen, Germany? And they're like, we have to come because we never know when it's going to be your last show. Oh, well, like, that's oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no kidding, man. Oh God, now they always think that. I think, yeah, they do. I guess. Um, you know, some people never heard of us. Other people, they just fucking love it. You know? Oh, yeah. They just no. love this shit. Well, they shit, man. I can't wait till we get back out there after all this, all this ends. But uh, we, oh, anyway, you should, uh, we should again. We've been working on picking a date and having you come down to bring some records down and play them for us down here. So we'll do that uh, as soon as possible. Definitely. Yes, I'm yeah. just. I have. A, um, I agreed to do this job, which I didn't want to do, but now yeah. I'm doing it, and they yeah, offered me a ton of money it's cool. to do it, and so I'm stuck for like a month or two. All right. All right. Well, that's cool. We'll, we'll do it. We'll do it. We'll put you on the calendar. Okay. It's for some internet guy that's got more money than he can fucking count, but he likes me and he likes what I do. So that's cool. They wanted us to me and my brother to do some work for him, so we're doing it. All right. Sweet. That's great, man. Yeah. Does he know about Brokus Helm or no? No, I never mentioned it, but when I do, the, the trucks leave from where I'm working, blasting Brokus Helm music. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I do electric work for the fans out there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's awesome. I wire stuff. I do stuff like that. All right. I hook up computers and shit and all that, and all everything else that goes along with it. That. So I'm trying to retire, but I probably will just die. That's what we got to do. That's what we're going to do. Rock we're gonna till you die. Die rocking, Bob. All right, man. Okay, stay safe, you guys. Stay, stay, stay safe. safe. See you later, man. Okay, take care. Good night. Bye-bye. Oh man, that was a uh, that was an experience. That was an experience right there. That was a true, a true original. Bob Wright from Brokus Helm, uh, and special I special excerpt of uh, Cold Call. Yeah, I mean, I knew that if we were going to cold call somebody, Bob Wright was the guy because we've been friends for all of us have been friends for years, uh, many years. What twenty years now or something? Right. And. Uh, more than 20 years now, what, 24, 3, 5, I don't know, and playing shows with Brokus Helm, and Bob has always been larger than life, as you've heard here. He's just the ultimate guy to be on any kind of podcast, talk, radio, whatever. He just We can, should just can, call him every time. I think we should. He can, we, should, <laughs> we, should have, <laughs> we should just have Bob Wright. Every uh, time we every, do Sopic Radio, we got to call Bob Wright. Because he's always... He'll be like, hey, Bob, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. And just yeah. like... And yeah. he'll tell the truth. Yeah. yeah. He's Catholic, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, um, so we... Yeah, go ahead. So I looked up on, on the, the thing, and uh, Bob said that he's playing with a band called Hex now, right? And he said he's done two albums. And uh, one of the songs he said that he wrote was called um, uh, Wrath of the Reaper. And so uh, we're going to play that now. This is Hex. This is a song written by Bob Wright for Hex. This one's called Wrath of the Reaper.
right. Wrath of the Reaper yeah. by Bob Wright. Hex. A band called Hex. Yeah. I mean, I so, guess I've heard the name Hex. Oh yeah, I know. I knew he was playing with them, and I heard I've heard their stuff. You know, I've heard them, and I've heard of them, and I heard, but I was never that familiar. But I talked to him about it a while. So who's ago. the original dude? The singer? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know much about it. Because he said he said the name of the the guy who's like the original guy who's been doing it for a bunch of years and stuff. Yeah, so um, I'm curious if it's the singer guy. I don't know. I'm sure we can find out from. Mr. Wright one of these days when he comes down here do our show. So Yeah, um, that's gonna be pretty cool. It will be. Yeah, because he's gonna come up with some interesting stuff to play, I'm sure. I'm sure he's got great vinyl. Yeah, I think he probably does from way back. Yeah. So I like how he's uh, like uh you t- I asked him, I'm like, where are the where are those Black Death albums that used to be in my packed house. up in your yeah, garage? Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I've got a few in the archives. Well, see, everybody wants to be like Mr. Underground, right? Uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, John Cobbett, today because, um, as we have we talked about it. Oh that, yeah, that what, what what's up with hammers these days? The right? Hammers of Misfortune, uh, bastard. The first album is coming out on vinyl for the first time ever, which is ridiculous because other records of that band have come out on vinyl, but not the record, not the bastard. Yeah, the everyone was a really great, the great first one, one and the um, arguably the best. Yeah, and um. Coming out on Cruz del Sur on vinyl soon, uh, and we've been obviously talking now. about that. And uh, but here's the thing: here's the here's the here's the scam. Here's the beef. Here is John was. Uh, we were doing a couple interviews for this because um, it's the 20th year anniversary, I guess, when that since that Sounds album about came right, out. Yeah, I uh, and we talked to uh, you know Decibel and some stuff about. Oh yeah, yeah. You know how was the, it making this record? Promo. Remember the old days and it, what? I remember he gave me a promo. When the oh, yeah, yeah, came out, yeah, yeah, and I was like, "Oh, sweet, I still have." I mean, it. even the unholy cadaver demo thing came out on vinyl that was before that. Oh, did it really? But not the bastard, which is oh. like the most celebrated record from that band, and yeah, arguably the best. I think the best, my favorite one, and it was really fun making it. It was a great, it was a great time, and all this shit. And um, but he, but here's the deal: John was uh, the next album after that was called the August Engine. And uh, that was a pretty cool record. Yes, and, it was. And uh, that was the same lineup as The Bastard, right? And um, people are so in the mindset that, like, you know, metal records from way back then or 20 years ago or whatever are, like, rare. You can only find them on eBay. and They're going to cost a lot of money. You know what I mean? That John... Uh, actually released the vinyl of the August engine himself. It was a self-release. Oh, he he did. paid for it. Yeah. Cool. And he just sold the last one like a month ago or something. <laughs> right? And okay, so there's all these people who are like looking he's seen it all over like what Instagram and eBay, whatever, all these, you know, media sites and websites. It's saying like, I need to find the August engine on vinyl. That's probably going to be really pricey. I've got to search deep in the, you know, in the internet to get this or whatever or bid for it or whatever. Right. And someone ended up talking to him going, yeah, where can I find that? Oh, my God, it's probably really rare. And John was like, uh, it's on our it's website. On our website. <laughs> it's on our band camp page or something for 15 bucks or whatever they're selling yeah. for. It's it's still in print. It's the original print. <laughs> and so, like, what the hell, man? And that's that's it. We, we were talking about this. Like, that's the underground mindset. that It took him that long to sell Well, no, those? he could have sold them quicker than that, but he kept a few... Like like a like a chunk of them. Oh, okay. To sell, you know, because you know, if you sell to a distributor or something, you're gonna get 
you're going to take a pay cut. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if he put a, a bunch of years change. ago with that, then, well, yeah, he just figured he'd make all the money himself, which is wise, I think. But, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it was I'm still around. About, it wasn't, it wasn't sold out. It wasn't unavailable. And all you had to do is, you know, do a Google search or go to just the band's go the game, go to the band, <laughs> band's page or band account page. But everybody's like, has this mindset that it's obscure and it's going to be, you have to spend a lot of money on it. And then you're like, oh, where can I find this? Oh my God, it's going to be hard. It's going to be such a, you know, it's like, uh, it's still for sale from the band. That's you know? exactly it's true with a lot of stuff. I try yeah. and keep everything, everything that's currently in print. But doesn't I that happen to us too? Webs- no, no, because everything that's currently in print, we have for sale. I know, but he did as well, and it 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 didn't. Like, I haven't people said that. Like, said like, oh, where can I find your records? Where can I find your vinyl? And it's like, uh, I thought you said that once. Yeah, they, but like it's on the goddamn website, man. What do you mean? Where can I find it? But those those are like new new um, new people who have just barely discovered the band. You know? Yeah. Okay. I think I think people who are like 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 the 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 general metal Hardcore public core fans. Yeah. The, the general metal public they they know where to find the everything. I guess. Know? Yeah. I guess. But it's um surprisingly, we still have plenty of the new Organon seven inch, and oh, and oh. I saw one. You the one with the. Yeah. the with the, uh, the police. Poli- with the with, with the uh, synchronicity too. Yeah. Yeah. Someone played that recently. I put it up somewhere online, and all these people had never heard it before. I saw these responses about it. They cool. liked it. You know, it's, it's, I think it's better than the new organ. <laughs> Definitely. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's for, still for sale on our website for like, I don't know, seven bucks or whatever. And yeah. uh, and there was one that sold on Discogs for like 30 or 40 bucks. No, I know. And you can still. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, um, okay. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, they just assume it's obscure. You know? Yeah, it's weird. I like well, how when you when you search for that um, seven inch on on Discogs, the the one that comes up for the the picture, it's, yeah. it's one that apparently we must have signed it or something. Oh, they always do that. It's yeah, all our signatures yeah. on yeah, it. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. hey. Well, you know those distributors in Germany when we first went over there, um, way back ninety nine. Uh, all the guy, the record stores and distros would be like, "Oh yeah, we want you to come out to our store. We want you to come out to our distro. Yeah, yeah, come on out here. We'll have a you know a signing party for you or something." Right. We thought it was all exciting because we were like, "Oh, we just the first time in Europe, and they're like having record signings at stores and stuff. Like, oh my god, like this is huge. This is great." And we show up, and the guys just like you know, there's Sign just some like records. like a couple kids who were shopping there, and they're like, "Here, I want you to sign this 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 uh, stack of." a hundred records or something. And we're like, what? And they're like, they just want to sell it for more because it's signed yeah, by the band. Yeah, totally. It's not like a, <laughs> it was a fucking... That's great, man. No, no, it wasn't. I was like, no, wait a second, man. Like, you got to give me something here. You're going to make like how much more per record? And well, like, I got to sign it, but what am I going to get? I think give you a couple beers and a, and yeah, a hot dog. Yeah, I remember or, you know? having lunch and stuff. We, I remember going to a couple of those. Wait, when did you, you did this? this yeah. Is, oh, yeah. There was a couple times we did that. We did that and, when you were in the band. And we yeah, had yeah, like yeah. lunch and beers and, you know. And whatever. they made us sign everything? Yeah. I don't remember doing it after that. Oh, really? Okay. We, maybe it all ran together. And then, and the then first they, time I got they there, got there was a big pile of Twilight I, of the Idols. They got pissed off because I wouldn't sign the Down Among the Dead Men. Why not? Because I'm not on that record. Yes, you are on it. What the hell's wrong with you, man? You're on. Oh no, you're not. Sorry, <laughs> John Torres. You wouldn't sign it. No, no. I was like, no. You guys I'm not don't forget. It. You don't remember what records you're on. No, no. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not signing this. I'm like, that's not me. I'm like, I can't sign this. And they were like, come on, man. And they got all pissed off. And I was like, nope. 
Sorry. You ask Angelo to sign Atavism too because he's on the picture of the vinyl. Well, yeah, yeah, he's on the he's on the picture. So yeah, but he didn't. He wasn't sense. in the band, you know. That makes oh, people sense. That, we had Jeff sign. Plenty of people with us sign stuff they weren't on for for shits and giggles. I know, but you know? I just have like some sort of. Oh, because you, you have dignity. Scruples. <laughs> I have scruples, Mike. You didn't want to sign or John Torres, yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. No. All right. All right. Yeah, no. So okay, so that was pretty exciting. What are we gonna do now? Um, where we do you want to open a package? Do you want to play some more local heroes? Let's play some local heroes. Local heroes? Yeah. Okay. What you got? Uh, I got... Okay, I'm going to indulge in friend rock. Friend rock. And I always say I'm going to be honest about what I hear on here, but friend rock is, you know, you're supposed... Like, this is a this is a biased show. Oh, totally. It's, it's, it's got to be, you know? Yeah. So I'm going to play some friend rock. Uh, butt problems, you see? Oh, yeah, I remember. More, okay, yeah, more yeah. punk rock. You know, This is not actually hardcore. Well, okay, you be the judge. Is it hardcore or punk? They call themselves punk. I don't know. So I'm playing more hardcore, whatever, or punk, or whatever it is. I'm just doing it. So I'm going to play them. But before I play them, uh, I've got two seven inches here I acquired recently. Oh, recent stuff. The butt problems is friend rock. So I got it from my buddy who's in okay. the band, Andy McFood. You know? But I got uh, the Complicators, which is... Ooh. A band I basically did sound for uh, before COVID, uh, but it was pretty cool. And um, we're gonna play. This is an SF hardcore punk emo crust, local, whatever you want to call it. Local band segment. Yeah, song called "Wake Up." Yeah, young, these are young kids. I would presume from the mission, but maybe that's being prejudicial by assuming they're from the not prejudicial, but. Uh, making sweeping generalizations. Actually, young punks can't live in the mission unless they're corporate punks now. Yeah, they're probably living in Oakland. You know what? I think they're somewhere in the Bernal Heights mission area, Excelsior, somewhere, but I'm not sure. You hmm. may be right. Maybe some of them live in Oakland. I'm not sure. Well, let's see. Hey, you can you can do the honors on this because you're good at reading the back of these things. And yeah, I like to read it. these things. Actually, actually, I don't know if there is any... Check it out here. Do the complicators have any liner? Yes, they do. They do. You can find out where bring, they're bring, from and bring, what the what the uh, bring that over here. serial number. Where the hell you? The complicators. Uh, all songs written by the complicators. Facebook.com forward slash the complicators. Does it have a no? I, I don't see any catalog number. Oh wait, there is a catalog number on here. Ah, it's Pirates Press. PPR. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. Yeah. PPR one seven eight is the catalog number. This is the complicators. Can't tell where they're from. Um, yeah, well, from San Francisco. If it's Pirates Press. Oh, okay. Well, they might not be from here. It's just. Oh pressed yeah, no, it doesn't say where they live. Oh, Richmond. It was recorded in Richmond. Oh really? Yeah. Richmond, California. Richmond, California. Right. And this song is. Oh, I just put the thing on. We better uh, get it on, man.
Okay, that was uh, Chunk Style by Butt Problems. Butt Problems. Yeah. Love it. And uh, Cold Fantasy Records. Now, you usually read the serial number. What is it you read? Like Catalog number. What is that? Like CF001, yeah, coldfantasy.com, right. yeah. 100, 164 out of 500. That was my first, Whoa. Uh, whatever you call it, reading off of that nonsense. Um, this is actually a like a mini. This is like what a forty-five. It's got six songs in it called "It's Fine." It's got Local six band, songs. yeah. That's the way the punks used to do. It. Dri, like you know, they put out like a seven-inch. That's thirty songs in it or something, didn't they? Uh, butt problems. Local. Now that was hardcore. I would say that was a hardcore song. But uh, about the one before that. The one before that. Um, was that punk or was that hardcore? I don't know. I mean, the line is pretty. Blurry at this point. Is it? Well, at this point, yeah. But I mean, I don't know. The complicators wake up, but problems, chunk style. There you go. So uh, that'll be enough of our uh, for the hardcore, uh, uh, hardcore section of this show. Section, whatever segment. you want to call it. segment, segment. Yeah. Um, so yeah. What do you want to do, man? What do you want to play? Uh, we probably got one more song on us tonight. Well, I think somewhere between... Of course, I'd really just like to play more Broca's Helm and Hex. Well, we will. We will, of course. But um, Not knowing that we were going to have uh, the amazing Citizen Wright on the show today. We didn't hey, bring cup. a lot of Broca's Helm here. Uh, although you could, of course, play more Broca's Helm, since I'm sure we can find it here somewhere. But, uh, I kind of do want to do that. I kind of want to do that too, man. Let's find it. Let's look through the giant um, Turk Street archives here and see what we can find. Huh? I think all I can find is Bible of the Devil records over here, man. 
We got uh, a Skeletor record. Of course, plenty of George Benson, as always. I have uh, Black Death and Into Battle. You have Black Death. Let's play Black Death. Let's play, uh, what's the third song on Black, The Whip or something? Whips of Chin. Hell's Whip. You want to play Hell's Whip? We did that. We played Hell's Whip. Oh, we already played Hell's Hell's Whip. Whip. How about, uh, we played that. What's the second song called? Um, Second song is. Well, I don't know the names of these songs. I don't know. Prepare for Battle. You like that one? I like that one. I like that, too. Let's play Prepare Prepare for for battle. Battle. Let's do that. I think we will do that. Rokas Helm, Bob Wade, Purple Battle. What are you doing? Helm can't have too much. Prepare for battle off the Black Death album that Bob was just telling us he shopped around in, in L.A. in person, in person, and encountered Gene Simmons in this uh, personal pursuit. 
uh, of a record deal. I'd love to hear more um, stories that. from Bob about his adventures in L.A. Yeah, I would. I suppose I would too. Just, yeah. I mean, you know, he because this was like what late eighties. Well, yeah, that album came out in '88, I think. Yeah, so late. So it's probably before it came out. Maybe what, were they were they all three living in L.A. They weren't living in L.A. Bob never. I don't think he ever lived in L.A. What they just it? went down there and tried to get a deal. But in the '80s and the '70s and stuff, you could do. You'd walk around to record companies and say, "Hey." I mean, it, it, it happened for sure. Plenty of people got signed that way. But you know? I'd love to like hear his experiences. Yeah, like, I'm sure it was you pretty know, wild. So, yeah. so, Bob, in 1987, like how, like what exactly did you do to shop around Black Death? Walked into Capitol Records. Hey, man, I'm in a band. I you got know? this record. Well, okay, even as uh, as and uh, he made, the, he pressed them all himself. Yeah, and it was an impressive thing back then to do that. You know, not everybody had a record. Yeah. As late as the okay, as the early 90s. I mean, like 93. I think, particularly, uh, before Slaufeg had a record, um, we had a bunch of demo tapes, demo tapes, you know, Demos. Uh, and we sent them around to record companies, and you could call record, back then you would call, we got a big industry source book, you know, Did I don't remember, really? we got it, yeah, 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 and we were serious, we were like, career, we're going to do this, you know, and we called up, like, record companies, I called up a bunch of places. I got I got alternative tentacles on the line. Not Jello, but but his right. secretary, whoever the girl is, who were in. Maybe your friend. No, she wasn't working there, was she? No. Yeah, and like, hello. I'm like, yeah, hey, <laughs> I'm in Slaufeg. You know, I did, um, I've got this demo. You know, and and I, it sounds. He's like, what does it sound like? It's alternative tentacles. Well, it sounds like you know, really weird kind of like I said something like Wagnerian metal, like really weird, but almost not operatic, but kind of like big and kind of you know like sounds like camelot or something crazy like that that are like the most unmarketable thing but i was talking alternative tentacles so i knew that something weird that you know maybe they would go hmm that's really strange and she goes and she said she goes jello might like that that sounds really weird and so i sent it to them and of course nothing happened until right. we met jello at, at uh what at one of our shows many years later he's like yeah with bible of the devil twilight of the idols he remembered that you remember that yeah he remembered the demo he said, oh, yeah, I, I remember that. It was weird, you know? It was really strange. I, I couldn't do anything with it, but I thought, God, that's that's really interesting. I remember that whole thing. You know, you remembered it. It was great. Oh, and he said he had a... Re oh, did he? Yeah, he's, he's, got, he's like, oh, yeah, I have Twilight of the Idols and Down with uh, the Dead Men. I remember he bought a 7-inch, but I don't remember if he had the other... Anyway, but we sent it to them. We sent to Carolina Records, and that was Lyle Pressler, who'd been in Minor Threat. Oh. And I sent him a demo, and he sent uh, a little card back which was cool because I was just excited. He's like, you know, we can't use this right now, but this was interesting and that's interesting, but maybe this needs work. So he, gave you a he said the vocals need work. And it was signed, <laughs> Lyle Pressler. I was like, yeah. You that's know? pretty cool. Yeah, and then we sent him to all the big stupid ones too and uh, didn't get much response from them besides so no. I, ne you know. I never sent demos oh, to Oh, I did a huge companies. mail out, man, all this crazy shit. I would give know. them to people. I would like hand... Well, you're from L.A., so yeah, it was a whole different... But it know. was more like, not like, I wasn't like going to places. I'd be like, um, like if my band opened for somebody who was bigger, yeah, yeah. or if uh, my friend's band was opening for somebody who was bigger, or if I can anyway, like going to see shows, if I could like get my, weasel my way backstage. Yeah, or, go here, man, some, here's my record. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it was cassettes. Yeah. We always giving out cassettes. Oh, of course. Well, and I, I, I told you, you know, we went to see 95. I got backstage Judas Priest. And, um. I believe you, Mike. 
everyone's like, why didn't you give them a tape, bro? But by that time, I was so, I, I was kind of over. I knew that that wouldn't, like I met Glenn Tipton and K.K. Downing, but I was like, I'm not going to hand them a tape. But they're not going to listen to it. It's not going to have, you know. Who knows? I, they might have, but I didn't have one with me, and I thought, that's cynical. I, I, maybe I was cynical. And then, oh, well, you know where that happened? And then, like, the next month, Rob Halford walked into where I was working for breakfast. Brainwash. Oh, he was doing his I told you that story. What? He was, doing he was hanging out on Folsom Street in the like the leather daddy scene. And he came in, ordered two eggs and toast and this and that, you know. And my buddy Ray Ray, who was working in the oh, I used to Ray. manage the laundromat, he was in the laundromat and I was at home. And he goes, Dude, it was like Sunday morning and I was tired. He's like, Get down here, or why? He's gonna get down here, or why? Rob Albert's here, man. I was like, Why? He just ordered like French toast and he's in no, no, no. I did. I came down and he was off. gone. He just left or something like that. Oh, I was like, man. I got Bob, Bob Halford walked into the into the into the place I work that like the month after I met Glenn Tipton and KK Downey. But um <laughs> what I great. did do though was uh was oh yeah. And then I, there's a time I was a bike messenger that I literally almost ran into the scorpions on the street. But that was way before in like ninety one. <laughs> Like they were coming out of a hotel, and I was bike messengering up the street right in front of them. They came literally right out in front of me. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're like, get out of my Klaus. way. Oh, Klaus. It was, no, it wasn't like I ran into them, but I was like, they were where you are. And I was here, riding on the sidewalk. And they came out of a hotel, and there was a big bus, and they were going. It was Klaus, and the guy in the, they were sort of in a line, and, and uh, Yabs, Matthias Yabs, came, and Herman Rarebell was behind them, and Klaus. And, them, and I was like, holy shit. And they, they walked right there into the and I went, hey man, and they, they turned around. And they were like, ah, like that. <laughs> and I was like, holy shit, it was cool. For a second there, they stopped and looked at me, and they're all just some rocker kid, you know. That was pretty awesome. But I was like, everyone in the band, I told, them, I was like, dude, I came home, you know. Why'd you give work. him a demo, I was like, man? I just ran into the Scorpions, man, literally on the street, right there in front of me when I was riding up the street, like. Should have given him a tape, dude. I was like, I don't carry tapes around in my messenger bag. You know? Oh man, if you're if you're if you're trying to sell you know, it, you should have Klaus, one at all times. Klaus would have gone in there and put it in the boombox in the in the tour bus and gone. Oh, I like this, man. Hey, let's call our record. Let's call Polydor, man. We got to sign these we kids. Help you these know? guys out. Yeah, right. Sure, that's what happened. Um, in the after school <laughs> special, that's what happens. Yeah, right? but. Uh, Anyway, so Bob was talking about you know shopping around the Black Death a demo that became a record in yeah. L.A. to Gene Simmons. So it's only right that we finish the show with he was calling on Doctor Love he was to try to on use Doctor Love and the doctor. Well, from what he said, the doctor didn't call, didn't make a didn't house call. call. Him back. Didn't call back, but but still, if he would have, so then that, it would have sounded something like this. This from is live, um, it's this, alive too. This has been Slapwick Radio season two episode five. Um, once again, you can always send your packages and or records, CDs, any type of physical media to Lord Weird Slaufeg at P.O. Box. And we will call you back, literally. We will. Yeah. On the air. P.O. Box 191-301, San Francisco, California, 94119. And yes, include your phone number and maybe you will receive we'll a call. We'll be the lucky call. Yeah. Okay, we'll Thanks a lot, folks.
Thank you.